Greetings to everybody out there. I'm Dr. Stephen Clark Bradley with the Above Ground Underground podcast. And together with eternalaffairsmedia.com, we're so happy to have an exclusive interview with a director, actor, producer of the movie A Father's Legacy, Mr. Jason Mack. And we're so thrilled to have you today. And uh, Mr. Mack, Jason, we're going to introduce you here a little bit and then I'll give it to you. Uh, A Father's Legacy is Jason Mack's feature film. Uh, he was the, his, his directorial debut. He began storytelling as an actor in Alabama, Georgia, on shows such as Vampire Diaries, uh, Castle, and Criminal Minds, amongst others. After moving to Los Angeles, he noticed actors were a very special piece of, of, a, of the greater puzzle. Jason began looking for and creating projects to be more involved in the entire process in his filmmaking. And he has brought us here a wonderful movie, which I have watched three times. And I promised him that I will try my best not to be a spoiler. <laughs> but it's a great movie. It's a moving movie. It's an emotional movie. And Jason Mack, we're so proud to have you with us today. Thank you for joining Thanks us. Thanks so much for having me. I, yeah, I really appreciate being here. Thank you. Well, I was very impressed with, uh, with your story with your directing and with your acting, as I told you a little bit earlier, I thought I could see your character transforming throughout the movie. It was a really moving experience for me to be able to, to see how you, how you did that. And even more moving to talk to you right now after I've watched the movie. So um, we're gonna get and have some interesting questions and feel free to tell us what you want and I'll try my best not to be a spoiler. <laughs> okay. Wow, all right, sounds good to me. Great movie. <laughs> So why don't you tell us your story? Um, you have a uh, you have always wanted to be a storyteller, as you said, in your background mm-hmm. in your bio. Tell us how this all came about. I'm a I'm a novelist, and I started writing stories when I was th- like ten years old, and uh, yeah. I, it's been with me my whole life. I'm sure you have an experience like that. Let us know how this happened in your life. For me, it was. I remember growing up how impacted I was by stories that I saw through film and television and how it made me feel right. Like it it would make me emotional. Like I remember I would, you know, like how it could make me laugh or how it would, there were times where I was educated on things that were going in the world through a film. And I'm like, I had no idea. And then also like I found myself crying and, and especially as a young man growing up in the South where a lot of times it's not spoken, but you're not really supposed to like show certain emotions, right? Because it's not manly, it's not masculine. And, um, and I do think there's some generational stuff there, but for me, it was like, it was an escape in a way to access these different parts of me. And so as I grew older and I remember I went to college, I have a degree in finance uh, because I had no idea what I wanted to do. And uh, I got done and I was a sales director for a microbrewery. So I was driving up and down the East Coast selling beer, right, in a previous life. And I was a couple years in and I was like, okay, what do I, do I want to be doing this in five years? And I was like, well, I, I love the people I work for. They're wonderful bosses, wonderful coworkers. However, I don't want to look back in 15, 20, 25 years and be like, 
there was something inside of me that I wanted to do that I didn't at least try. And for me, that was like, I want to be a part of these stories that impacted me when I was younger. And even when I was as a young adult, even now. And so I started going to auditions, student films, just independent projects. I mean, I did a lot of bad stuff. I, it didn't matter how bad the script was. I was like, whatever. I had a sleeping bag in the back of my car. I'm like, I'll drive, I'll sleep on a couch. Hopefully someone will let me sleep somewhere. And, um, and I just collected experience because I didn't have any training, right? I just, I had a degree in finance. So from there, I moved to Atlanta for a couple of years and um, primarily as an actor. And then after that, I remember, I remember sitting on the set. I'd done a few shows there. I'd done like Vampire Diaries, um, some other things that were like of note, like on network television. And I remember sitting on, on the set of a show. It was shooting in North Carolina. And uh, it was a really cool energy. I was talking to one of the lead actresses who had been around for a while. And she was so nice and, and had so much wisdom. And I remember sitting there being like, I'm very creatively unsatisfied. And I was like, it's time, it's time to go. And so I went to Los Angeles and there, that's when I hit like Castle and Criminal Minds and stuff like that. But as any actor, I wasn't working as much as I wanted to. And in my head, I was like, well, I do want to direct one day because you really have full control of the story. As an actor, I just have control of myself. But as a director, I can choose how we light it. I can choose like how we edit it. I can use the performers off of each other. I get to pick locations. I get to dress the locations. Like I have control of everything. So there's probably a little bit of a control freak inside of me, but that's, I guess that's good for a director. Um, but I have control of all this stuff. And so I was like, well, if I wait for someone to give me an opportunity that may never come, and so I started directing like little shorts, like a little two minute short, and then like a 15 minute short, and a little 10 minute short. And so I started collecting that experience. And so what happened then was how it led to a father's legacy was I knew it was time for me to make a feature. And I knew that I was gonna write a, a script very specifically so that no one could tell me no. So it's like, no matter how much money we have, we can go and make this thing because I know that's the next step. At that time, my father passed away unexpectedly. And for me, that was a significant shift in my life because he was one of my earthly guardians. He was a guy, even though now he, he would have told you he'd rather me be a banker, <laughs> right? Instead of moving to Los Angeles to be an actor, you know, and I'm going to pop up in the tabloids or whatever. And, uh, but I knew that no matter what, I could pick up the phone, call him, and he would do whatever he could to support me and to love me. And so when he was gone, I remember being in the hospital, and we were fortunate enough as a family to be able to say goodbye. But I remember telling the ICU nurse, I was like, I feel like my DNA is changing. I feel like this is a, a very clear before and after moment in my life. And what's crazy is my day-to-day -day isn't going to change because I'm in LA. My family's in South Carolina. It's not like I, I, you know, interact with them physically every day. It was just literally, I can't call one person on the phone. And so through that process, it really impacted me. And that was when I started exploring that father son relationship. And what does it mean to be a father? What is it? What does a son mean to a father? And I put that in this story, those kind of thoughts and reflections into a father's legacy. And we actually shot it 
at my family's pond house. And, um, oh, and really? there's, yeah. It, so interesting. Yeah. yeah. That makes it far more personal, doesn't it? For you, I mean. It's, you know, someone, someone asked, is this a personal story for you? Yeah, and, my next question, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, it's, and you know what? Like, that's such an understatement. This is my soul, right? Like, I don't know how much more personal I could get. And this is truly like the love letter to my late father. Wonderful. You know, so it's like, yeah, That's it's personal powerful. for sure. <laughs> well, you know, I, he's up in heaven, I'm sure right now. And just saying, I'm shaking people's hands. And that's my son. Cause I mean, that was, a, <laughs> that was a great movie. I, 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 it brought tears to my eyes and especially, well, I'm not going to say that I'll be a spoiler. I'll leave it alone. <laughs> just everybody no out spoiler. there, just take my word for it <laughs> as a viewer of the movie. It's <laughs> worth your time. And uh, we're going to get into a little bit later about how to, uh, you know, find the movie and how to get it and make sure you watch it. I want to ask you also, what is, would you say that your father's life and your father's passing was the main catalyst for this movie? And what was your, who do you really want to reach out to the most in, of those who will see your movie? What's, is there a certain group that you think really needs this movie more than others? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Yes, my, my father's passing is, is 100% a catalyst for, for the themes and the story in this film. And the, what I want people to get out of this is I don't care what there, there are faith elements in the film. And, and I come from a Christian background myself and, and I have my own walk, but I don't care what your beliefs are. This is not this is not just for Christians or just for so-and-so. It's like, I wanted to make a movie with real people that if you go to the hardware store, this is how they talk. This is how they walk. This is, they're flawed. They're not perfect. As much as we want to present perfection sometimes, it's not reality. And I wanted to show both of these men are broken. They're flawed. They hold on to these things that make them feel like they're not enough. They make them feel like there isn't redemption for them and they're not worthy to be loved by this, by this God or by anyone else. And that's really, I think the people that have seen it so far that it really affects really resonate with that of being like, especially men as men, we hold on to our mistakes and we try to bury them deep and we don't own them. We don't acknowledge them. We don't deal with them. And if we don't, that's a man killer. And so we have to understand that we're going to make mistakes, but there's still someone who's going to love us. And chances are, if we tell the people in our lives and we're really, really transparent about who we are, we're probably going to be loved even more. And we're going to strengthen those relationships. But I really want people when they see the movie, I want them to tell the people in their lives, they love them um, or feel like they need to call someone and not even just their like, Oh, well, my father, no, it's like, I'm talking about coaches that have had an impact on you. Yeah. mentors that have had an impact or youth directors or whoever it may be, because we have, we can have an impact on anyone in our lives, biological or not. So powerful. Yeah. I can tell you your goal is, will be accomplished by those who watch it because immediately after my brother who I'm with right now, I'm staying with him for the moment. And uh, we started talking about our dad, you know, just like the movie. And 
it was really had an impact on us. And we started saying, oh, dad was like that in this way. And that was different than that, but similar. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's going to be like a, a moment for people to who've watched this film, who harbored these things you mentioned a moment ago to release them. Cause it's a beautiful, a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting though? Like, and that's what I'm talking about is yeah. the power of story is you and your brother watched this film and it, and it led to a conversation. It led to yeah. looking at yeah. some memories. Right. And it's like, that is the power of story of cinema. That must make you feel like you accomplished your goal very well. Yeah. That's, you know, the, the goal is this movie, we shot it in 2018. Oh. I wrote it in 2017. And so really I've been with this for four years now and it's been my movie. It's belonged to me. Yeah. And now here shortly, it's not going to belong to me anymore. It's going to belong to everyone who sees it and they're going to take what they will out of it. Good, good, bad, or ugly. And, uh, and I think that's, that's like really cool. And it's going to be a really special moment. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. One of the things to the movie, you called him old man a lot. And, uh, and uh, I thought that was interesting because it became first, it was a criticism. And as you watch the movie, it had become, it had become really much more of a, a term of endearment between the two of yeah. you. I thought that was, you could tell I really paid attention to the movie. I really liked it. Yeah. Well, you uh, watched it three times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really loved it. Yeah. So I wanted to also say, you know, I noticed um, most Christian films. I love Christian film movies. I'm very big fan of them, but to be honest, some of them don't come across as very professionally done and fall flat a little bit often, unfortunately, to getting better. Your movie is really a true Hollywood, I would say, quality film. That excellent camera work, everything was just, you know, you forget you're watching a Christian movie. Do you call this a Christian movie or, or a spiritual movie? Which, what's your version of that? <laughs> That's a great question. You know, when I went out, when I set out to make this movie, the, the faith themes that are in the movie were, they were real to me. And, but I, I was very clear. And this was something that like Tobin Bell, who plays the old man, Billy, like it was conversations we had. And in conversations with really anyone as I was making the film was I was like, look, I, you know, I'm not trying to make it down the road like cookie cutter Christian film. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but for me, that's not real, that's authentic. Because, uh, you know, I find that there's more people that are like, you know what, I really struggle in my prayer life. And sometimes I don't know if God is listening. And, you know, it's like, to me, that's more real mm -hmm. than meeting someone who's like, I pray for 30, 45 an hour every day. And I, I, I write 10 pages in my journal and I read the 18 passages in my Bible. I'm like, to me, I'm like, that's, that's not, that's uncommon. Right. And so yes. I wanted to be real. And I think I was talking to someone and they put it in a great way. They're like, you know, I'm not trying to make a Sunday Christian film. I'm trying to make a Thursday Christian film. Wow. That's why it's you know, that's a when, great explanation. Right. That's, it's like not well when said. we're on our best behavior, yeah. but when we're out in the world and we're in real life and we're like having a, a realistic fundamental impact. So, and there's a lot, you know, in a lot of films, like the Kendrick brothers make beautiful films, you know, the Irwin brothers, um, they make beautiful films. And I think sometimes the trap of some uh, of the faith genre is the message becomes more important than the story. 
but the whole point of the medium is story and you have to you have to really rely on the story and there were there were a lot of things like there were actually more faith elements that are on the cutting room floor that didn't fit into our story mm -hmm. well, that's, that's and i didn't want to preach yeah i, well, I think you're i think you reach more people spiritually the way you did the movie because you know some people will watch a movie and if, and if, if they see the acting or like you mentioned a moment ago that the message is bigger than the story because they got to be kind of equal and they got to fit right and i think you i mean honestly i think the story is more important mm -hmm. and and I the reason why is what's the story of your life yeah when people talk about steven's life what is the story of his life it's not like what is the message of his life you're not a product you're a person that's right you know and you That's only have exactly. your experiences and i think like the films that really impact they're telling a story but there's something significant in that story so it's not that there can't be a message or there can't be a theme but it's like for me you have to believe in nick you have to believe in billy you have to believe in these characters you have to fall in love with them you have to be able to relate to them and if you do that the things that they feel you will feel too yeah, a couple of questions I'm not going to ask because if I do, it will give away too much of the story. But I have to tell you that the story, I think you had a fine balance because realistic people and certainly nobody with nobody in there was was in their best part of their life. Everybody's struggling. But uh, it was a great story. And now you mentioned um, to Tobin Bell. I love mm -hmm. this actor. Can I ask yeah. you, I mean, this is a very different kind of movie for this gentleman. This actor, mm -hmm. I mean, he played in Saw, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, he is known yeah. as Jigsaw. It's a billion dollar worldwide franchise. And um, he's known in horror. I mean, he is a horror icon. Mm -hmm. And when we went out, I got a casting director and we started compiling our list for this role. And he was on that list. And it was like, I love his voice. There's such yeah, gravitas, but also looking at him you're like, this man has lived a life. Yeah. You know, I can't, I'm not, I'm not trying to get a 75 year old actor who looks like he's 55. I'm like, yeah. no, I need someone who's like lived a life. And also the thing about Tobin is when we met, you know, there was, there was something about the story that really resonated with him. And, and a lot of times, sometimes as a viewer, we forget that, you know, I'm an actor. You saw me playing a character in this film. Whereas there are pieces of me that are very much like Nick, I'm Jason. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with Tobin. It's like, yes, he's playing this guy in this horror movie and there are pieces of him that he draws from, but like, he's still Tobin. And for this, there were pieces that he drew from for Billy. And, I, and I'm so excited for people to see this movie and to see his performance because he, I mean, it was meant to be. Like it was truly like he crushed it. He came to work every day trying to make the film better. This was not a paycheck job. This was, I'm gonna come to work and bust my butt. And he elevated everything about the project that I'm so thankful. Well, you guys were a good, you have a good connection together. Because, you know, when you met, you could see there was no connection, but as the movie grows, profound, very profound. Yeah. Yeah, and I was wondering, was there any, any element in Tobin Bell's personality and what you knew about him that reminded you of your own father? Was that part of the reason why you chose him? You know, not, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think so in that regard. I definitely, you know, 
I respect my father and I respect Tobin. Um, and, you know, but I looked at it from, I wasn't necessarily trying to make this character being like, I need him to walk and talk and speak this way because he's, you know, he's essentially going to be the film version of my father. That was not what I was trying to do. Okay. You know, it was like, these were, these were very much fictional characters. And so for that, it was finding who, and then I think, you know, as a filmmaker, I want to find the best possible people and put them in their roles to succeed. Well, you so did <laughs> you know, it was like the reason our movie looks so beautiful is because we have John Carrington who shot our film and he did an amazing job. You know, it wasn't like I was like, you know, let's let's figure out who from the church group can do what job. It's like we're going to hire the best possible professionals. And so for Tobin, it was just he was just right from the beginning. There was just something about it that this character that he just brought something so unique and um, made it his own. Um, but, but yeah. 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 I just really feel as I was watching the movie, your storyline was, you know, both of you were taking time to figure out the other. And it really had a tremendous impact on you. That's all I'm going to say crowd out there. I'm not going to give the story away, but uh, I could because I really know it very well now. Hey, I wanted to ask you also, what is your personal hope? Uh, maybe two or three things that you hope that viewers will take away from this excellent movie. What points in their life? Yeah, I just hope that they appreciate the people that they love and they're in their lives while they're in their lives. Um, that they're conscious of the impact that they can have on those around them, hopefully in a positive way. And those, and, and, you know, there's a line in the movie, which, you know, the old man delivers, which is like sometimes the best thing. And the only thing is you just have to be there. That's right. And I think that speaks a lot is sometimes I think we worry about trying to get things perfect, say the perfect thing, do the perfect thing, wear the perfect thing. And I think we have to just sometimes just be there and let the rest figure it out. But know that if we're there and we have good intentions and we're there with love, like more often than not, good is going to come from that. Excellent. So here's a different kind of question. Um, what are your colleagues in Hollywood saying about your movie and that you would make a movie like this? What are their views and what kind of reaction? That's funny. That's, yeah. So, I mean, the people that I've shown it to, uh, I've gotten a really great response, but honestly, like a lot of them haven't seen the final version, you know, uh, a few of my closer, uh, closer folks saw screen, um, some test screenings along the way. Um, but really aside from uh, two festival screenings and then uh, a few advanced screeners, this is, uh, you know, this is debuting to the world on June 17th. June 17th, so, that was my next question. When can we yeah. get the movie? Yeah. So you can see the movie. We're doing a, a one night only event with Fathom Events, June 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be in over 700 theaters across the country. So it's somewhere like wherever you're at. I think it's even in Alaska. So wherever you're at, <laughs> there's a theater somewhat close. And uh, you can go to uh, fathomevents.com to get uh, those tickets. You can also feel free to go to my website. I'm jasonmack.com um, and uh, I'm posting updates and stuff like that. Well, that's wonderful. So uh, here's our, my final question is I'd like to 
what do you have in mind for the future? A future movie? Because I've watched this movie. I'm going to be looking for more now. <laughs> That's the golden question, you know? And, and honestly, I don't know yet. I'm working on uh, a few different things. I'm reading scripts and, and whatever I do, you know, having gone through this experience with a father's legacy and it being my first one is it just has to mean something. It has to be something significant. It has to be important. And I have to know what I'm trying to say. Amen. And um, so for me, uh, you know, that's something, uh, I'm, you know, I'm figuring out right now because I'm definitely, I'm getting the itch. I'm like, let's go make something. But first, I guess we got to get this baby out that's there, right. you know? Well, I understand what you're talking about because um, I, I love to write novels, you know, being a, a movie producer or director and being an, an author is probably the closest thing you can ever do to be like God because you're creating a world and you're creating people yeah. and you're telling them how they're going to act. And, you know, and some people ask me, well, how are you going to end your story? I said, I don't know. The story hasn't told me yet. You know, you understand yeah. that, right? You understand that. I understand. A lot of people don't yeah. understand it when I say that, but I know you do because <laughs> that's what you do. I you, do. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just get going and you're like, what happens next? I'm like, I don't know yet. Yeah, that's exactly sometimes right. Sometimes you just have to get there. And sometimes yeah, you have sometimes to change have to it. Right and get there. Yeah. Like you, you thought you had the ending, but then the, the story changed and you had to change the ending. It's a very exciting mm -hmm. experience and feeling that you get. Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to thank you so much, uh, Jason, uh, Jason, for joining us today and for being, being with us and being so open about your, your inside feelings and the work that you did. I can guarantee you that our audience out there is going to tell lots of people and it's going to be a very popular movie. So I'd like to tell everybody out there, um, take it from me, Dr. Stephen Clark Bradley, that this is a great film. And not only is Jason Mack very talented, he's a very nice guy and he loves the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and uh, I have a Christian podcast that I do, which is polit very political and uh, talking about our country, what we're going through. And I think our nation needs this kind of element in movies to help us take an internal look at ourselves. Look at the blind spots. That's what it did to me. That's what it did to me. And it reminded me of the good times with my dad and the times I was not so good with my dad. And it made yeah. me even repent of some of that before God. So I think that's a really wonderful result of a movie. So well, God bless you, Jason Mack. You're an outstanding you. person. And uh, we're very honored to have you with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, maybe, maybe we can do another one after the movie comes out. And uh, we see Sounds the result. Good. I'd love to meet with let you me again. Know. Okay, well, God bless you, yeah, brother. Let me know. I appreciate it. And thank God Hollywood has people like you. You're my brand new hero. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Thanks, everybody out there. This was brought to you today by eternalaffairsmedia.com, who also produces with me the Above Ground Underground podcast. And at eternalaffairsmedia.com, we are so proud to be able to be out there to make sure that everybody has what they need to be in the know about what's going on in our world and in our country. And thank God we have patriots and we have godly men just like Jason Mack. Have a great day, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.